as we were going off the air yesterday, Chris and myself with the uh, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, we finally got our first commitment of a new player coming in from the transfer portal for the Gamecocks for 2024. That, of course, being Jerome Simpson, the JUCO defensive lineman, uh, coming in for next year. And then in the late hours yesterday afternoon, got another commitment, a wide receiver finally adding to that room that has been very depleted over this past week or so. Yeah, where shall we, where shall we start? There. Jared start, Brown? Sure. Yeah, start Jared. Pretty good player, man. I uh, we, we did a surprise edition of GC Live last night, and I, I happened to be looking at the transfer list on On3, which actually shows you the guys leaving and the guys who have committed to, to join the program. And interestingly enough, we you know we've talked about, hey, who can you replace these guys that are leaving with? And we've said for quite some time, hey, Juice Wells is probably the guy that it's just going to be difficult to replace with, with one player frankly. So uh, let's get that out of the way. Nobody's spinning that part of it. Like Juice is a good player. He's a dynamic player. He's a difference maker. But among everybody on that list, so right now you have one incoming transfer and you have uh, about 15 or 16 outgoing. Of everybody on that list, the highest rated guy is Juice Wells. The second highest rated guy is Jared Brown. And so you know, I think that gives you an idea of the type of player South Carolina has coming in. You know, could play inside in the slot, could play outside. I, I think some of that, you know, we've seen South Carolina move their guys around. Leggett played all over it at receiver this past year. He, This kid was like the absolute perfect fit for what Coastal Carolina was doing in, in terms of, you know, the, uh, the Jamie Chadwell experience. And we know they had a very unique offense. And... So, you know, you had some sort of traditional passing game elements, but you had all this, like, what you would call orbit motion, obviously jet sweeps, um, their version of triple option. And so if you look at his bio, you're going to see over 400 career yards rushing in addition to what he did in the passing game. And that's primarily in two seasons. Uh, his first year he played a couple of games. Redshirted wasn't a big part of what they did. So his stats are really in two years. And... I think just shows you some of the versatility he has. He is a uh, very much a yards after catch guy. Makes people miss. Has some downfield speed, but just looking at how they used him, it was much more in the let's get you the ball in space, yeah, and then make some things happen from there. Yeah, watching some of his tape last night from Coastal Carolina, I couldn't help but think like Dow Loggins got to be licking his chops at all the possibilities that he could do with this guy. And you mentioned the pre snap motions, using him out of the backfield, lining him up in the slot, which is where he lines up a majority of the time. But has the ability to play just about everywhere on uh, across the field at the wide receiver spot. So a lot of possibilities here, and and, and for nothing else just an experienced guy. When you look at what South Carolina has as far as um, scholarship guys in the wide receiver room, he would be coming in as the most experienced guy as, I believe, technically a redshirt junior. It's hard to keep mm-hmm. up with the COVID years and all that kind of stuff. But just having a guy that's played a lot of snaps over the past two years and, you know, not too far down the road there in Coastal Carolina, somebody that a lot of people are going to be more familiar with as opposed to somebody coming in from a Mac school or something like that. But, um, you know, plenty of reasons to be excited about this guy, and I think a lot of people rightfully were. Yeah, man, I, I watched Coastal this past season just on a random, it was one of those random nights where there's a game on, and I, I was like, who is this kid? Because uh, he kind of just jumped off the page, and then I had no idea at the time, hey, he's going to end up at, at South Carolina. So I, I think, you know, depending on who you get kind of around him, you know, he can play outside, he can be that outside receiver, 
I, I really, really like him in the slot, though, too. So I, I think that'll be fascinating to see what happens there. Now, if, if you get, a, you know, if Jaden McGowan comes and he ends up being a starter, he's probably got to be a slot guy. So I, I think that factors into this. You know, you, you look at Tyshawn Russell. He played outside kind of starting out this past year, but as the year went on, when he was in the game, it was more in the slot. So th- that's stuff that will all be determined way, 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 way down the line. But... You know, I, I, I don't really like, because I, I know coaches will say stuff, you know, every every position's up for grabs. you got to earn a position. But but just from a roster standpoint, from like a projection standpoint, th- this is a day one starter for South Carolina. Like J- Jared Brown, if everything works out as you expect it to, will be running out there with the ones when South Carolina opens their season next year. I got a plot twist for you. Okay, give it to me. Nor- normally... You know, I hate player comparisons because I don't like when people ask me for them and then I have a hard time coming up with them. Okay, yeah, let's do this. Chris, what's your player <laughs> comparison? Oh, no. I actually have. Now, I want to be very careful with this no, one. No, 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 don't do that part. No, just, no, just move I'm along. giving a disclaimer. Go full hot take. Yeah, he's going to do that. that. No. I'm not saying that. Let me just say what Chris is thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that they exactly are as like. good as this guy or okay. exactly Thank like you. this guy. I appreciate you saying Trademark that. Trademark Chris Clark move. Because the player I'm going to compare him to is is one of the greats. He's one of the best ones. <laughs> In terms of play style and how you can use him, like a Debo Samuel light for Jared Brown. Now, bear with me. You look at how Coastal used him. They put him in the backfield. He he ran, you know, they, they like to run this little wheel route with him out of the backfield. He can carry the ball out of the backfield. Um, he can play slot. He can play outside. They used him on jet sweeps. And you look at his numbers, you know, you're talking to Jared yesterday, he said, hey, they want to use me in a similar way, move me around, do some different things with me. And you look at his numbers, man, for, for a guy that's not that big, really adept at, at forcing missed tackles, mm-hmm. 25 as a receiver last year, um, 25 overall, and I think – I'm not completely sure how PFF does it. He had 11 as a runner when he was rushing the football. I don't know if that's in addition to this 25, but regardless, he was forcing a good many missed tackles. He's also a guy that can run. You know, there's a a clip going around Twitter um, of him, you know, on one of those jet sweeps where he gets up to, you know, 21 miles an hour or so. He's a guy that can really run. He's got some, some quickness. He can run fast, straight line. He's kind of a slippery type of player, can break tackles. So, I think if you're looking for a stylistic comparison, again, not not as good as this guy, mm-hmm. but a Debo Samuel type, that's maybe how you can use him in an offense. Yeah, and he, man, he was a perfect fit for, you know, Chadwell wasn't there this past season, but they they had to be just love. I, I was actually watching, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, and there was a, a college football YouTube page that had sort of done the deep dive on Coastal, and they had him as I think this was going into this past season, they had him as Coastal's second best player behind only Grayson McCall, you know, who was kind of their, I would say the face of their program the last 15 years, it feels like. But, you know, I, I think this, this is a great way to start your portal class if you're South Carolina. And, you know, let's be honest, guys, you got him on campus, and we talked about the advantages of getting a guy first, you know, to your place first. He had visits set. Like, this was not one of those where it was like, all right, you know, they may take some other visits, they may not. He already had Auburn and Louisville set. And so 
those are two places, frankly, they do very, very well in the NIL game. Mm-hmm. And you, you, if you're South Carolina, even if you felt good, you were going to be having to make your contingency plans, I think, for, well, you can't count him until he's committed. And so to go ahead, when you're having to get, I would say, three portal receivers, maybe four, depending on who they are, when you're having to go that route, to go ahead and be able to, uh, you know, just right up there on your board, this one slot is now taken, and it's mm-hmm. with a guy we really like, and it's not even with – it's with the guy that would be sort of towards the top, probably, in terms of talent of the guys you're going to be able to get at that position. I, I think that is incredibly valuable because you can now sort of turn your attention and energy into filling out those other spots. Well, and if you're looking for – some fruits of the labor, so to speak. If you're looking for some evidence of, you know, every, everybody wanted to get to the part where you start landing portal prospects. So you've seen the defections for the most part. All right, who's coming in now, right? And not just who's coming in, who's visiting. That's always exciting to track all the visitors, but okay, who, who's actually jumping in? And again, it, Tyler, I heard you talking about this this morning during your show. There's some anxiousness, right? Hey, who, who's going to – is anybody going to jump in? And so if you're looking for some evidence, number one, there, there's still plenty of guys that visited this past weekend that just aren't ready to decide yet that you've got a great shot with. But the other part is you you now have Jared Brown committed and a guy committed that other schools wanted and had visits booked with. And so that that's a really good sign, I thought. Not, not only a guy that you liked, but had Auburn and had Louisville scheduled and – not only did he – he just decided not to take the visits, sure. you know, and, and so to not go through the process, to not have to balance, okay, can we get this guy, right, um, and and have to – while you're juggling all these other portal receivers, hey, where do we stand with Jared Brown? He's still taking these other visits. He cancels them, he commits. That's all done. Now you feel way better about it. Right, and I had somebody ask me about this earlier, and I appreciate you guys showing me the roster or the scholarship breakdown the other day because I've been visiting that page religiously over the past couple days. We saw the numbers jump yeah, on know, the that's, visitors. That's, that's all me. I've been refreshing every single time. But um, you know, based on adding uh, Simmons and Brown as of last night, there are still nine more spots that South Carolina has available. You know, and obviously this is obviously counting all the guys that. Um, are going to be coming in with 2024 class as well. So plenty more room to add to not only the wide receiver room, but several other areas as we've talked about. There's really no bad place that South Carolina can add a piece at this point in time, but the wide receiver room specifically looking at at least two, maybe even three more guys to come in in this portal class. Yeah, I, I think four is probably a decent number, you know, and, and you're juggling a lot of uh, a lot of needs in the portal. You're also juggling, you know, what do your numbers look high school, and portal combined. Um, there is a lot of room in that room. You know, I mean, as you said, Tyler, kind of a, a clear out there. You don't have a lot of scholarship guys in there, so you got some numbers to play with, um, but you don't want to just add numbers, right? You want to add depth. You want to add experience. You want to add talent. And so there's some guys, obviously, you had a couple guys on campus last weekend you're going to have more on campus this weekend. We're, we're working to definitely confirm some of those guys. There's uh, there's a guy that's probably going to visit this weekend. There's some others that they are working on that are possibilities. And there, there's a bunch of offers out too. Uh, th- this has been one of the highest, 
like in terms of slots, one of the highest volume positions because you you need volume there. You got to cast, you know, kind of a wider net. But I would say, you know, you got one committed in Brown. I think the emphasis now is going to go to if you can get Jaden McGowan in from Vanderbilt. If that ends up happening, you take him because he's an in, he's a former in-state guy from Lawrence who can be a slot guy, a speedy guy, but can also factor in as a really good returner. And so he he's kind of someone that you go to. But I think if you, especially now that you have Brown, you try to go to some length. You know, guys that are six two, six three. It seems like that's South Carolina's point of emphasis with some guys that they're starting to look at and starting to bring in. That seems to be the next phase of all this. But if you can get four out of the portal, uh, that's probably ideal. Again, no position uh, is not a need of bringing in somebody from the portal of South Carolina can find it, including quarterback. And there are some rumblings that there could be a quarterback on campus today. We'll talk about that coming up. But first, we've been talking about it, the 107.5 The Game, 12 Days of Christmas, sponsored by our friends over at Griffin Pools and Spas. Keep it locked right here all day long as we have plenty more things to give away as the day goes along. Give away some men's basketball tickets in the last hour to the Winthrop game. Coming up next Tuesday, we'll have more things to give away coming up a little bit later on. Thanks to Griffin Pools and Spas and our 12 Days of Christmas here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris Long with you talking all things transfer portal. Obviously, you have Jerome Simmons coming in on the, as a defensive lineman and uh, now Jared Brown coming in as a wide receiver. One spot that we knew South Carolina was probably going to have to address in the transfer portal was also the quarterback position. Not saying you needed to go out there and get somebody that had to come in and be a starter, but nothing else to add another body to that room that is a little bit thin right now. Uh, there is a quarterback on campus today visiting with some SEC experience, that being A.J. Swan of Vanderbilt. Yeah, this is a kid that's very interesting, and, and I want to say, Wes, what's your term? The fever dream? Um, I want to say that we saw A.J. Swan during the high school recruiting process camp at South Carolina. Uh, he was committed to Maryland at one time uh, and then ended up uh, switching that and committing to Vanderbilt, but he, he's done some nice things at the college level. There has been, uh, Wes, you were saying this earlier uh, during the break, there's been some reactions. <laughs> there's reaction to this, not surprisingly. Reaction Tuesday. Reaction Tuesday, yes, to a recruit on the game visiting. Um, interesting times. But th- look, this makes sense if you're South Carolina. You have right now Lenore Sellers coming back, uber talented. Mm-hmm. If we're we're sitting here, he's probably the guy, but he's he's not played very much. He's not played super meaningful snaps, being the quarterback. If you're South Carolina, you have Luke Doty back, who has played some very meaningful snaps at quarterback. He's also spent a lot of time the past few years playing receiver. Where does he fit in? And then you have Dante Reno coming in as a true freshman. You got to add some depth to this room, some depth that you can trust. Yeah, I would say depth and competition. Yeah. And so, I, guys, I don't want to put uh, words into the mouths of Lenora Sellers or Luke Doty. But um, so, so let me just clarify that. But I, we we sat Lenora Sellers sat right here last week, and I would dare say that Lenora Sellers 
himself, the guy who would be potentially affected by this, is far less concerned about the potential of more competition in that room than some of the people I've seen on Twitter. And um, matter of fact, I would suppose that he's not concerned about it at all if he is who I think he is. And uh, again, not to put words into Luke's mouth, but I I do think that it is at least a possibility, uh, educated guess here, that Luke could be intrigued by the idea of actually getting to go play wide receiver and not having to play two positions and truly learn the spot. And so the the only way that's remotely possible is if there is another quarterback in the room because I and I love Dante and I think Dante is talented. I think he's a, obviously a great dude, but gosh, you can't put that on him to where you you are one play away from either having Luke, who's uh, again would be potentially playing two positions being thrown in there, or having a true freshman being thrown in there. And so, you know, I think it goes back. Tanner Bailey had not really played a ton, but that's the guy who left that I think probably would fit into sort of that bridge the gap spot where, you know, he he's maybe your potential backup quarterback this year. That's not an option anymore. You owe it to, like, whether the fans acknowledge it or not, you owe it to the fans, you owe it to the program, you owe it to the rest of the players to try and bring in an additional guy in this room. Because if there's one thing we've noticed, people do not care about the injury excuse. Like, this past year showed us that. So, you have to try to fortify your position groups if you can. Now, that doesn't mean you're bringing in a guy to recruit over Lenore Sellers. Mm -hmm. That's not what this is. This is... You know, and I would think A.J. Swan, based on his time at Vanderbilt so far, deep down, I'm sure he thinks I'm going to come in and compete and win the starting job if we're getting ahead of ourselves here that he even comes to South Carolina. Sure. But nobody's promising A.J. Swan a starting role. This is not This is not K.J. Jefferson coming in. This is not the Ohio State quarterback <laughs> coming in. This is a guy who has been off and on as far as having the starting role at Vandy. So this is him probably, hey, I can still play in the SEC, have a chance to compete. You want somebody to push your starting quarterback. Well, and that's the thing here, and again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, he's just visiting, he's not committed or anything like that, but if he does commit to South Carolina, he may never have to play a meaningful snap for them for the next two to three years. He could just serve as that backup role for Lenore Sellers or whatever it may be, and, you know, he becomes an afterthought at that point in time, but this is just, again, that security of having somebody else in that room that has experience, played in the SEC, all that kind of stuff, that you can turn to if you would need to, that, again, he's probably going to come in here thinking that, okay, I'm at least going to compete for the starting job, but the prevailing thought is that Lenora Sellers would win it out, and he'd be number two, and he's there in case you need him, which, again, when you're talking about thin quarterback room, that's good. That's what you want to have. It's a different situation, I think, than receiver, running back. You know, I think some people are seeing this again. We, we tend to immediately react to things. It's so it, it's Vanderbilt, so people are preconceived to look yeah. down on Vanderbilt players and, and the quarterback position because, you know, even when the KJ Jefferson stuff was coming about, people were, no, 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 we we don't need anybody there. You know, 
And, <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I think it's just the position, but you need more depth there. We know that. I mean, you've got to, you've got to look at some options, um, and it's a little bit different to where you're looking more for, as you said, Wes, depth and competition as opposed to running back the appearance very much is you were going out in the portal and trying to find a starter, and that's why you're recruiting Rocket Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, at receiver, you're going out and you're trying to find probably multiple starters. <laughs> you know, is kind of what it looks like. And so, if you're if you're recruiting, you know, da- which I I don't know why people are so would be so down on AJ Swan anyway. Um, I know he came from Vandy. He hasn't set the world on fire, but he's done some nice things on a on a bad football team and and this is a guy that I think would be a very capable backup you're not going to land you know Kyle McCord or something like that to come in and hold the clipboard mm-hmm. you yes. know and, yeah. and so this makes sense well I think you're getting two different the the uh the people who are against this move it, it's actually for two completely different reasons um which you alluded to some of them, it's kind of the, well, why would you even bring a guy in from Vandy? Then the other ones are, why are you bringing somebody in to replace Lenoris? Lenoris is our guy. This is this is BS. Like, what are you doing? So, you know, I, I think I, I think that that's why you, you do see this reaction to an extent. But, guys, you, you have to have someone. The second that, I was going to say Colton and Tanner left, but the second Tanner left... You, you needed. You knew you were going to have to add a, another guy. This this is actually a, a guy that you know AJ Swan's profile would be the perfect fit because there is some upside there. Sure. He's got some experience, but you're not running Lenore's. If you bring in a KJ Jefferson, KJ Jefferson's coming in to start. This is not that. Yeah, that's what we talked about. You have to, when you're talking about bringing in a quarterback, you have to really balance the relationships that you have with guys that are already on your team, guys like Sellers, Dante Reno coming in here in a couple weeks to not give off the idea that, hey, we're just going to go get a transfer quarterback every couple of years and forget about the guys that were recruiting out of high school. Like This presents you that opportunity to say, hey, yeah, he's experienced, and yes, it's going to be an open competition. They're going to tell us all those things, but the prevailing thought, again, is that Norris Sellers would be the guy, and he's just offering you experience in a backup position, which I think everybody should look around and probably be fine with. Yeah, for sure, man. You got you have to you have to try to build depth. Absolutely, uh, Chris. Do we want to venture into our new game coming up here in this next segment? Yeah, I think Ready we should venture it? into it. Yeah, all right. We got we, something new for you. We got something new for uh, our listeners here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. We'll hit that coming up as we continue talking all things transfer portal. As uh, it is the game and the 107.5 The Game app, which you can download on your app store. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Coming up here in a couple days, we'll be officially launching the Game TV. We've had these great cameras set up in here by our friends at Integrated Media. We've been perfecting it, making sure it's good and ready to go. So in a couple days, we'll be launching that officially where you can not only hear us, but watch us each and every day here on all of our shows on the game. Now it's time for a new game. Chris, I'll let you take over. All right, so we, we've been talking about this one for a while. Segment idea that came to mind. 
It's called Make Your Case. And so what we're going here, here's what we're gonna do. We we might adjust this over time and see what works, but we're gonna have a topic. I'm gonna pick somebody, or or we might all we might all weigh in on it. Okay, I'll, Tyler, I want you to be the judge though. Oh, I get to be the judge. Yeah, you're gonna be the judge today. Okay. Can I get a gavel? I should have gotten like the powdered wig, the whole nine yards. Yeah, we need to come up with another sound bite of of the gavel hitting hitting something, or, or a real, can, gavel. or you can just do it. Yeah, the real gavel. Uh, the Michael picked that up. We got great mics here. But here's the topic today, and then we're going to make our case. And Tyler, you can you can judge us. You okay. can tell us how, right. how we did. I, I like this. So today's topic, overall, not just one position, but we know South Carolina's had some defections from the roster. They've had Juice Wells leave, m- most notable, right? Juice Wells at receiver, Mitch Sheeter at kicker, Mario Anderson at running back, and then there have been other defections. So make your case, Wes Mitchell. Will South Carolina upgrade the roster overall from the 2023 season to 2024 through the transfer portal? And if, and if you want to loop in high school recruiting, that's fine, too. I, I think you have to call them to the stand first. Yes. Just, like, swear to tell the truth. We, we need, we need a Pascal truth. in here for this yeah. to give us uh, God, that would be good. He'll yeah. be a guest. Yeah, we'll get Pascal in here. Yeah. Get, can I say, like, if? Like, if they get this, nope. this, and this? Nope. You're making a legal argument? Okay. Oh, shoot. Do you ha- um, you, this this do, one's do interesting. you pass the bar exam, Wes? This is, well, I've been watching Suits, so I, I don't have say, to this, actually. This is perfect, though. I didn't actually go to Harvard. But there, there's been a lot. Like, this is a little bit of a projection one, right? There will be some future, uh, be some future topics where it's a little bit more something that's already happened. Okay. A little bit yeah, more yeah, projection yeah. here. Okay. Right. Yep. All right. Well, I'll go Homer. I'll say yes. <laughs> I, I don't think they did last year. I think we saw it play okay. out like yeah, that. But I, I don't think they will be able to replace a Juice Wells. I've said that for the entirety mm-hmm. of this process. So, you know, if if Juice is at Ole Miss or somewhere else, then I would say uh, you can't replace him with one person. Now, I, I do think... South Carolina needs difference makers. And I, I think you kind of replace that big playability that was Juice or Leggett this past year with a Rocket Sanders. And I, I think when you look at that position, I, I think they are going to potentially flip the entire running back position. We talked about this yesterday. It's going to be potentially very similar to how they flipped the tight end room uh, this past offseason. So I, I think they're in great shape with Attaway, Oscar Attaway, North Texas. I think they're in good shape with Rocket. And then I, I think you probably tack on a, a third back. And then Matthew Fuller has been uh, outstanding as a senior in high school. And it it looks like they now you know will hold on to him. There was a little push for some, some other schools there. So I, I think then you add in Jared Brown. I actually do think they'll end up getting McGowan. Mm-hmm. And I think you need one more guy at least at receiver that is a starter quality guy maybe can push to be like that wide receiver one i think you got to replace juice wells with like multiple people because it's going to be hard to find the the one out there and um you know I, i think you look at this high school class as well there are guys in this group amazia bennett that will come in and um i think will be better suited to play early than probably the freshmen were this past year and I think Mazio kind of steps into maybe like an Omega Blake 
type role in terms of snaps as a true freshman. Potentially is an upgrade there. And, um, you know, I, I think actually keeping a Josh Simon helps at tight end. We'll see if they can get Brady Hunt. That's a guy I'm very, very high on out of Ball State at, at tight end. And uh, I actually don't know that you need an offensive lineman based on what they have coming in and the young players that are already on campus. So, yeah, I I, I think Juice is the guy that you can't replace. But overall, I think they will feel better about most of their positions next year compared to this year. I so. thought that, I thought that was a compelling case, Ju- Judge Judge That's, Head. That was good. So and. <laughs> You're going to present your case. Kind of restate what the overall question that we're asking here yeah, is as you uh, present your case. Overall overall question is, uh, will South Carolina upgrade the roster from 2023 to 2024 through portal and, and through the recruiting? I, w- I would like to have some kind of like buy or sell where we give different we takes. Differ? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't differ, though. And and I, I, I really agree. Um, this isn't like a uh, prosecutor-defense relationship. I, I do kind of agree – We'll have some of those. Fully, we will. I agree with what you said wholeheartedly. And I, I think there's a caveat in here. I would have said no at receiver if South Carolina had been healthy the whole year, right? I mean, we all know that Juice missed most of the season, and you had XL out there. Um, AB missed some time, too. And at times when he was out there, he was still even limited by that hamstring. If you would have had a healthy AB, healthy Xavier Leggett, healthy Juice the whole year – Nah, you're you're not replacing that through the transfer portal this year, with with what we've seen so far. But can you replace what I just said? You know, not having juice most of the year, not having a lot of depth at receiver, not a lot of proven experience. Yes, I do think you can do that, and you may do it um, through kind of the sum of the parts, not not through one guy. Mitch Jeter going to be hard to replace him, but I think you can add some pieces. You know, we'll see what happens on the offensive line, right? You might be able to add a couple more pieces there. Defensive line, they're recruiting guys at multiple spots, but I think the ones that we're looking at most are receiver and running back. And running back is probably, I think that's one where you have the chance to make the greater talent jump and impact. Yeah, I think you guys both made really good cases there. I think you got to look at it at a position-by-position position basis. And again, it's we're having to speculate a lot because we've only gotten two guys that have committed so far. But you know, based on who South Carolina is looking at, the transfer portal, like you mentioned, Jade McGowan, a couple other receivers right there, you're probably not going to have that same level of talent production overall from what you're losing with both Xavier Leggett and Juice Wells not being here in 2024. It doesn't mean the wide receiver room can't be good and we should have still have a solid room next year once it's all you know said and done. Uh, the running back spot, as you mentioned, though, does have the potential to take a step forward if you're able to land somebody like a Rocket Sanders. Now that in line, you still have to have a good offensive line because even the greatest running back in the world is still going to struggle if they don't have guys up front blocking for them. So it, it's a lot of parts and pieces to kind of have to figure out. But I think overall there is the potential to upgrade at certain spots. Um, you know, Maybe not as much at wide receiver, but some of these other areas, you do have the potential to do that and feel like you're in a better spot in 2024 through the transfer portal. It, yeah, it's, it's going to be much easier to answer once we see what this list looks like. Like you're, you know, I, I think it, it needs to include Rocket, Definitely. in my opinion. Like that's the and, guy that is the true game breaker out of this it, 
group. And we talk about, you know, the anxiousness of everybody with, you know, the guys visiting on Friday and wanting to know who's going to be committing. For a guy like Rocket Sanders, he's very sought after by a lot of programs around the country. If you're going to get him, you're going to have to be very patient because it does seem like things are very positive in the way of South Carolina, but he's got more visits to go. He's got to have a lot of conversations about other places he could potentially play. So you're just going to have to cross your fingers and, you know, hope and pray it all comes to fruition, but it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, man, and I, I think uh, when you're battling for a guy like this, this is generally what you're going to have to do. Like, you, you may have to fight it out. And, you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe he, you know, the, the visit just wrapped up on Sunday. Maybe he up and decides, hey, this is this is where I want to be. I'm not going to visit anywhere else. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a Gamecock. So I, I think for me, um, we'll kind of see where that goes. But I, I think they feel, frankly, really good. At South Carolina, as good as you can without having the commitment on the board for them. And then I, I think at running back, the rest of if you can add Rocket to kind of the top of the board at running back, the rest of it really falls into place nicely. Like I, I think you kind of you wanted to recruit yourself out of the spot you were in last year, where you were kind of going into it like who can step up and be that one, you know, like your RB1. Sure. And I think if you have him, that's sort of taken care of. And then you probably have some pretty good competition for RB2, which uh, you are you're you feel good uh, about that. But let's be honest, if Rocket is here and healthy, he's getting, what, probably 70% of your uh, sure. down-to-down snaps. Absolutely. And again, we'll just have to, you know, keep an eye on it and see what uh, does end up happening there with the transfer portal. But that was the first edition, a successful one at that of uh, Make Your Case. Dave, can we get that sound one more time? We'll have plenty more editions of that, but we'll come back and wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? So um, <laughs> let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So um, um, you know, there's some teams that have six six or seven million dollar players playing for. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Quickly speaking about Firehouse Subs, we'll be on location at the Firehouse Subs on Forest Drive coming up on Thursday from 9 until 12. Come on and see us. We have plenty to talk about as the transfer portal continues to evolve. And we'll certainly hope to have plenty to talk about when we get to Thursday out there at Firehouse Subs on Forest Drive. Speaking of the transfer portal, that was the voice of Matt Rule, head coach out there at Nebraska a couple weeks back talking about you know what it costs to get a good quarterback to come to your program somewhere in the neighborhood of a million dollars well that is indeed the case the NIL out there in Nebraska has ponied up quite a bit of funds as they are in line to potentially get both Kyle McCord transferring from Ohio State and maybe Dylan Riola flipping his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska as well who um state your case Marcus Satterfield, the quarterback whisperer. You know what? I got the perfect case. It can't get worse than what they've been doing because they've been at the bottom of the barrel in almost every statistical category when it comes to offense this season outside of running, which the quarterback doesn't necessarily feature in that as much out there at Nebraska. But, you know, they've been terrible at the quarterback spot, can't throw the ball, 
you know, offense was terrible, 18 points per game this season. Anything's better than what they've had. Well, dude, I'm just saying, look look at the guys that committed at South Carolina while he was here. Yeah. You know, Spencer Rattler, Tanner Bailey, Dante Reno. I mean, uh, you know, Lenore Sellers. Like, it was – and Sellers was, I guess, committed after he left. But, uh, yeah, for, for whatever reason, he's been able to get some QBs. And they uh, seem to have potentially are on track to flip that room. And uh, so have – you can answer this for us, Tyler – have the Georgia insiders sort of uh, conceded Georgia's defeat on Riola, or is that still a battle? I will say this. Given what I was reading yesterday, I think everybody was legitimately surprised by this. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Again, it really just kind of popped up yesterday afternoon with the the rumblings, uh, I guess maybe coming from Nebraska, um, you know, insiders first, and then the Georgia ones reacting to it. But I think caught everybody is by surprise. Now, this ha- flip has not officially happened yet, but there's certainly a lot of smoke to it. And you obviously have the built-in, you know, connections there to Nebraska. His dad was a great player there. His uncle is currently the offensive line coach. I saw somewhere he's recently gotten like a bump in pay, which maybe has to do with him bringing in Dylan for all we know. Uh, I don't know there, but the, there are connections to, to why he would want to go there. Um, obviously, Obviously, that is a program that is still being rebuilt. Matt Rule is a very good college coach, as we saw from his time before going <laughs> to the Panthers. Uh, that didn't obviously end up working out too very well. Good but college very good coach. college coach. I made sure to put that in there. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of belief out there in Lincoln that he's going to build that program back to something respectable. It's going to take some time. And the first year um, obviously was, was a little bit rocky. But, man, if he can land both these guys, that is a big step in the right direction for Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, that – Look, quarterback's the most important position, and um, you got to have a good one. It, it's been they had many issues there yeah. <laughs> this past year, obviously, but quarterback play was definitely one of them. And uh, Jeff Sims, their starter last year, has he landed anywhere? He went in the portal. Uh, not sure I if don't he's ended up. Believe so. Not sure if he's ended up landing anywhere. But they had obviously a lot of issues. Turnovers were a big one, and so look, th- this would be. I mean, for Nebraska, this would be big because it would give them. A guy in Kyle McCord who has experience, had a really good year this past year, and has just one year remaining. And then Riola could come in, has obviously his uncle's the offensive line coach. He could come in, probably get a little bit of playing time this season, ideally, and then step right in 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 twenty twenty five. And so, if all if those two moves, kind of corresponding moves, happen, uh, it would definitely, you know, be an interesting little storyline in college football. Guys, do we want to put on our read into recruits uh, social media activity hat just sure. for a moment before you, we get out of here? I imagine that means you have something. Yeah, a little bit. Um, could be nothing. Could be everything. So, uh, our boy Rocket Sanders, Rocket Emoji on Twitter, just tweeted, "Where are we going? Eyeball, eyeball." Oh boy. So what do we make of this? Could, Wes? could be nothing. Could be or uh, generally that that can sometimes mean. You've made up your mind. Yeah, it sounds like an announcement could be intimate. Now that could mean he's just going for another visit here in a couple of days, and that's just throwing the scent off the trail a little bit. But keep your eye on Rocket Sanders because we may know something soon. We may know something soon. It'll be on Gamecock Central. I promise it will you be. that. Hey, you guys know before anybody else. That is a guaranteed fact. Thank you for the what, endorsement, Tom. What will, so nice. uh, what will the Gamecock fans do? I feel... Feel like this will be a overwhelmingly positive response if you land Rocket Sanders. <laughs> yes, these other two, you know, uh, defensive linemen from JUCO, people weren't as hyped about that one. A lot of more excitement for Jared Brown coming in from Coastal, but you get Rocket Sanders, I think everyone will be rightfully pleased. 
Running back's name Rocket. I mean, it's perfect. Perfect. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully, we're talking about that come tomorrow as well. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Coming up next, it is the halftime show with Terry. He's going to be broadcasting live out at Carolina Honda Powerhouse, benefiting the uh, Dorn VA Hospital.